Happy Friday, listeners. I just have one question for you. Who are you? (laughs) Who are you? What is it all for? Who am I for that matter? Well, we ended this series with lots of questions, but I get the feeling that we're not alone in that. You probably have lots of questions too. And the good news is is that we have some answers for you. Uh, So what did the God of Mischief get up to this season? Where did the characters go? How right were we in our predictions? You know the drill. There's only one way to find out. So buckle up, grab a friend, (laughs) and join Kate and I as we discuss the series finale of Loki. I'm so excited that we get to talk about this so soon after the episode aired. Me too. Aired isn't really the right word. I don't know what the released streamed released yeah the right terminology is anymore (laughs) i think of something yeah (laughs) debuted is always a nice neutral um (laughs) neutral (laughs) so talking about the season finale of loki we're gonna do a quick recap and then dive right in so Loki and Sylvie had made it to the Citadel beyond the end of time to take down whoever's really behind the TVA. After Miss Minutes tempts them with an offer for everything they've ever dreamt of and getting to exist on the sacred timeline together, the two Lokis decide the offer is in lie and continue on their quest. They're met with he who remains, who takes them to his office and demonstrates that no matter how wily a Loki may think they are, he's always several steps ahead of them. At the TVA, Renslayer receives files from Miss Minutes that has her packing a bag when Mobius comes to interrupt her. He offers her a chance to rebuild the TVA as something better, but she exits stage left into a time portal to who knows where. Meanwhile, B-15 leads some TVA agents on a mission to find her and convinces them. They're all variants by showing Renslayer in her pre-TVA life. Back at the Citadel, he who remains explains how he and the TVA came to be. After the 31st century multiversal war, where he battled his own variants and ultimately came out to be the victor, he created the TVA to ensure that another multiversal war would never break out. But here's where we come to his true twist. He offers Loki and Sylvie two options, kill him and unleash the multiverse and ultimate chaos, or they can take over his position overseeing the sacred timeline and do all their terrible things, but for a good purpose. Loki believes he who remains, but Sylvie doesn't, and intends to kill the being she spent so long hunting down. The two Lokis fight it out with Loki surrendering and admitting he only wants Sylvie to be okay and kisses her. But Sylvie reminds him that she's not him and sends Loki back to the TVA before killing he who remains. As he who remains tells Sylvie that he'll see her soon, the sacred timeline splinters into a myriad of branches. At the TVA, Loki tracks down Mobius and B-15 to warn them of the incoming danger, but neither of them recognizes Loki. Welcome to the multiverse. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Welcome indeed. It's so roomy in here. (laughs) (laughs) So now, as I texted you yesterday, everything is canon and everything hurts. (laughs) Everything is canon. (laughs) Um, You know, not to you know quote he who remains but uh he's seen it all it's all been done there's nothing that you can imagine that he hasn't seen that hasn't been done and this is the only way or it was the only way it was the only way and um which opens the question of did he is this what he ultimately wanted 
Yeah. Are that like, there is that whole debate that they have in his office where there is still very much like, no, we made the choice to come after you. And we, we defeated this beast and got past your, your guard dog and got to the Citadel at the end of time. And like, we did that. And he's like, no, no, I, I like, I paved the way for that to happen. I, I let that happen. It was supposed to happen. Right. Because so is this said, just another trick? Right. Is this just another manipulation is the, is the word that they so love to use in this mm-hmm. series. But <laughs> is this another manipulation? And, you know, it's anyone's guess, but I, 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 I err on the side of, I think it was, I think that ultimately he couldn't be sure, of course, what they would choose. There, there is that element of, of free will at the end, but he has done everything in his ability to get them to that point. And I think that in his heart of hearts, he was really hoping that they would pull the trigger and they did, or at least Sylvie did. Sylvie, Sylvie did. did. Yeah. <laughs> Loki, Loki tried to stop it, but uh, he was, he was out Loki. Mm-hmm. He was, he was out loki by Loki. <laughs> not a loki <laughs> not a loki or but i mean she is a loki. she is a loki she just doesn't want to be called loki right which fair enough yeah she's um, got her own identity and you know what she's she is not him it's true she is not him as she has proven <laughs> <laughs> do we want to talk about some of the uh many predictions that we made about this show yeah let's just dive right in okay so the first thing I want to talk about is the the absolute wild card prediction that I had thrown out in our last episode, which was that the timekeepers were not living beings and that they were actually robots. Nailed it. I don't know how <laughs> I nailed it, but I did. <laughs> well, I mean, the, some of the pieces were there, you know what yeah. I mean? Like give yourself some credit. Like there was... I mean, they they did put that that smoking gun on the table, you know, mm-hmm. they they were the ones to introduce, you know, the idea of some some people are robots and they don't know they're robots. And how would you know if you were a robot? Well, step through this machine, sir. <laughs> or have a Loki chop off your head. <laughs> right. Or that, you know, that's also how you could find that you were a robot. Not the preferred method, though. No, generally not. I think, well... Maybe. I don't know. Because if you go through the machine and you're a robot, I think you just melt. I don't know if you feel pain. Mm. But do you feel But also if you're a robot, yeah. Do you feel pain anyway? I guess it depends. (laughs) Like if you're supposed to not know that you're a robot, presumably you would feel pain. Then you would have felt. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I would prefer to be melted from the inside out in an instant rather than have my head chopped off, to be honest with you. Yeah, I feel like there is still an opportunity for I don't well I don't know how instantly you just like lose all sensation when you get decapitated I've never been decapitated uh strangely enough (laughs) no (laughs) no (laughs) no I'm not sure (laughs) I mean would I know (laughs) maybe I am a robot (laughs) okay okay (laughs) so Bringing this back in. Bringing it back to Loki. <laughs> Good job on that one. Like as yeah. soon as as soon as that happened, I was like, oh. I'm please. pretty sure you had already watched the episode. And I was like, yeah. I called it. <laughs> right? Yeah. You texted me. I called it. Oh, and it was from so half exciting. court comes Kate 
La Chapelle. Yeah. Although I feel like, like, I give myself like full credit for them not being humans. But mm. I think we definitely had it in our heads, like when I made that prediction, that they were still like the ones in charge. Mm. I mean, and they are not yeah. the ones in charge. Mm. Mm. I still give you full credit, but if you yeah. only want to take half points, then you know. I know. I'll, I'll take full credit. I'll take full credit. Oh, okay. Okay. Just- <laughs> Because I don't think I ever specifically said that, like, the timekeepers are 100% the ones in charge. I was just like, no, nah, they they might be robots. <laughs> right. And they are. Or were. Because now, yeah. they, now they're gone. Yeah. See, I definitely... Oh, doing Marvel is so hard for me because I am... I Like, I do have, like, a certain, you know, level of comic book novel, knowledge yeah. and certain storylines. I'm like digging back into my memory of like okay so what happened in that storyline who were those people what do I do I know this character and how much of that are they going to care about in the MCU and sometimes it's a lot and sometimes as we're learning it's not that much (laughs) so (laughs) I definitely erred on the side of the timekeepers being real real because they are in the source material and uh, did not work in my favor this time around I mean, I feel like Marvel, I guess, in that sense, does a good job of messing with the comic book fans that, like, Mm -hmm. it's not just going to be the same story that you've already seen. Like, sometimes it will be and sometimes it won't be and you never know which one you're going to (laughs) get. Right. So it's Marvel fan roulette. Right. It's a mixed bag of treats, this one. It's a mixed bag of tricks and treats. Tricks, tricks and treats ought to be Loki's like cosign. <laughs> <laughs> it really should be. Um, so speaking of Loki, I know that we had had some theories about the 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 variant uh, mm-hmm. that we were kind of introduced to in the first episode without getting any information on on who this Loki was, mm-hmm. and we thought that it was either we had three we had three options. We thought mm-hmm. that it was either going to be the Loki that we have met and just like later in his timeline um, that it was going to be a lady Loki mm-hmm. or just like a different version of Loki, but would really like to see a lady Loki or it wasn't going to be Loki at all. Mm-hmm. And they were just mistaken. Right. Those were the three things that it could be. And I was heavily leaning on wanting it to be a lady Loki because I'm telling you there was something about her silhouette there in the dark that I was just like, no, that's a feminine silhouette. Cannot tell me different. <laughs> yep. And I mean, we got, we got one out of three. Correct. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't, I mean, technically I guess we got, we got it correct because yeah. we gave three options and, and one of them was right. Yeah. So it was lady Loki, although she, as we've mentioned, doesn't like to be called a Loki. Doesn't she goes like by it. Sylvie. Mm-hmm. Very curious on how she landed on that name. Right. Well, uh, it's I'm uh, spoiler alert, I guess, if you ever want to read a comic, but <laughs> Sylvie's a character from the comics heavily related to Loki, which is why I had I don't know if I had. Oh, I had this theory after watching the first episode. So it was it's not in our original podcast. But at one point, I thought that Sylvie was going to turn out to be his daughter. Oh, because of her relation to him in relationship to him in the comics and um okay this makes so much more sense to me now because i i know i mentioned in the last episode that i had been reading the loki book mm-hmm. that was written by Mackenzie lee and it came out i think it came out in like 2019 
but there is a character that Loki is friends with that I was curious to see if this Lady Loki or like hidden figure was going to actually be. And there are some interesting personality similarities between that character and Sylvie in the show. And at one point in the book, that character goes by Sylvie. Mm-hmm. So I just kept having it in my head of like, why why is there this crossover of of this name between the yeah. show and the book and it that is really good context to have that sylvie is like <laughs> a thing in the comics and yeah. it's not just like you know the always sunny conspiracy theory board <laughs> <laughs> right no I, I i totally get you and that that's and that's ugh, i don't know why i'm so tongue-tied today but that's exactly what <laughs> i'm just excited i'm very excited <laughs> but this series by far of of any of them was the one that like took elements from the source material and then really pounded it home that they're doing something else like nothing don't expect things to work out anywhere close to the way that they worked out before really um and i think that's very fitting since it is the opening of the multiverse <laughs> it, is, it is the opening gambit of introducing right. the multiverse. Right. <laughs> oh, good lord. Um, so I guess like continuing down in our predictions, we had so many, I guess still related, is that you very much believed that we were going to be meeting a version of Loki mm-hmm. that will take on the mantle of Loki in the right. MCU. Yeah, largely because Tom Hiddleston, though he, though he, you know, though he be lovely, he is handsome (laughs) and he has an amazing voice, which I don't feel like I've seen Tom Hiddleston in enough things to have really appreciated his voice until watching the show and like actually getting to hear him talk a lot. Mm -hmm. So I feel like for as much as they joke that Loki talks a lot, I feel like we don't actually hear him talk in his like Tom Hiddleston voice as much in previous mm. movies or maybe I'm just crazy and haven't paid enough attention I don't know but I mean I I know that you're not crazy but I, I don't know I've never really thought about that I have to go back and look yeah but I feel like like even in the first episode he just has so many like monologues and he talks a lot and it's not a complaint he has a very nice voice and I don't very. think I appreciated it until watching the show <laughs> It's very Shakespearean. And it is. It is. That's part of the reason why. And you're like, he's a just he's, he's a Shakespearean serious actor. Ass- serious actor. Serious actor is what we call it. And he's been playing this role, you know, nigh on eleven years. And so mm-hmm. I just couldn't. I still can't see that going on much longer. But um, apparently, I mean, if you watch the end credits, <laughs> then which I hope you watch the, the end credits. credits. Like if you did not watch the end credits to make sure that there right. wasn't a scene, have you even watched a Marvel? Like right ever? Do you know anything? You? What are you doing here? What are you doing? Um, no, I mean they might they might be new, but <laughs> for those who might be, and you know, Loki is uh, the first thing they're watching. <laughs> Girl, I'm just allowing for all, you know what, if this show has taught you anything, allow for all variables. <laughs> true. It's very true. But yeah, if you're new here, um, there was a mid credit scene <laughs> that was announcing that there will be a season two. Right. Oh, my Lord, which I'm very excited for. Um, and so 
you know, I, it was, it was very likely that, you know, T Hiddle, uh, I, that's not going to fly. I tried it. I love that. Oh my God. um, (laughs) You ever just try something and then immediately have to be like, nope. Uh, I mean, that's me and the Jimbo buckaroo. Jimbo buckaroo is still my favorite though. Um, so anyway, uh, it, it was a good bet that Tom might be ready to hang up the cape, but I'm sorry, uh, that, that who might be ready to hang up the cape? Tom Hiddleston? Oh, T. Hiddle? T. Hiddle. <laughs> yes. T. Hiddle maybe wanting to hang up the cape, but he's got some, some years left in him. It looks like. Yeah. And I mean, he, he could bow out in season two and just continue on producing. That's true. But That's who true. knows? Like, I feel like for very serious actors, it's also like getting to play these kinds of roles must just be really fun. Mm-hmm. Like there are the, like the serious roles where you're going through all the like really tough. I mean, I say going through all the really tough emotions as if Loki wasn't put through the fucking ringer in this season. Right. Um, he was <laughs> like, you want to talk about like serious acting. He had to do a lot of very serious acting, but he also gets to wield knives and say really bonkers things and travel through time and meet different versions of himself and it feels like it would be really fun oh yeah i'm sure he has a ton of fun and you know contracts aside it's at the end of the day if you don't if you're not if you're not having fun it shows on screen and uh, playing a character like loki just must be just oodles of a good time I'm, yeah. I'm a little yeah. jealous. I'm just like, there's nothing like the feeling of being in a cape and <laughs> despite what around, every mode might tell us. Right. <laughs> dramatic monologues. Like Loki's the character, kind of character that I would absolutely love to play. I'm even wearing my Loki green today. Like <laughs> I'm in moral duplicity. <laughs> I screwed up. I'm sorry. I'll go change. Okay. No, we're gonna have to stop this podcast right now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I'm sure he has fun. I hope so. I hope so. There is some speculation going on, um, that they may have already filmed season two. Honestly, that wouldn't surprise me just knowing how the streamers will work. Mm -hmm. And like, I know, oh God, what Netflix show? I don't remember what Netflix show it was, but there was some Netflix show that got announced that they were having a season two. And of course, like screenwriting Twitter was going off the charts being like, how do I get in the room for season two? And they were like, um, the writer's room actually wrapped a few weeks ago. (laughs) Right. Mm, Sorry about that. Yeah, no. Um, and uh, it makes sense. Shadow and bone. Yeah. Yeah. Actually that, that does ring a bell for me. Yeah. So Yeah. yeah, no, like just because, we're now getting the information that there's a season two doesn't mean that this wasn't always, it hasn't been planned from the pipeline. And because the season was so short, it actually would make a lot of sense for if they always plan to split it into two, they could have shot everything at once and then just split it into two. They could have, oh man, now you're going to send me down and, a weird conspiracy theory hole. Right. And there are a couple of shots that were in the trailer, you know, the season promo that I didn't see in the show. So I mean, they might have just been cut. Possibly. Or, yeah, I don't know. But we love a good conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like there was footage that I kept seeing going around Tumblr of the President Loki in Pompeii. Yeah. 
causing chaos. Like that's one that I remember seeing. Yeah. And King Loki of Asgard. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. the one that I was like waiting for because I don't know, spicy. Um, And he, we never saw King Loki. For now. But as we've said, now everything is canon. Right. Including Steve Rogers going back in time to be with Peggy Carter. Including. Including. And and I guess now you can say that every single Marvel show is canon. I guess is some form of canon. Right. Yeah. Because what can you... Because the multiverse is real. And all the Spider-Mans exist. They all exist. Pig Spider-Man. Spider-Ham. Spider-Ham. I was going to say, what's his name? Porker? Peter Porker? (laughs) Peter Porker, yeah. (laughs) Spider-Ham. He was a spider who was bit by a pig. I want to see Captain America. Like, it's a shame that we've not gotten that. Yet. (laughs) Right, yet. I mean, now that the multiverse is real, make it happen, Marvel. So let it be written. It will be interesting seeing how this goes forward because... Now, fans are almost, to a degree, the ones trying to keep track of the sacred timeline. Yeah. And, like, the actual, quote-unquote, canon. Because this puts all the other Marvel properties into question of, like, okay, so in some other universe, Sam didn't take up the shield. Yep. It's... Honestly, I mean, there's a lovely little bit of poetic symmetry to that, but also it's all a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I will choose to keep my canon with Sam Cap. Right. And uh, I don't know. You know what this Even means, on- though? Yeah. There is a universe out there where Steve Rogers is actually on the moon. There is a universe where Steve Rogers is on the moon. And um i'm glad we're not in it personally but you know know that do we know that do we know that is he really there i'm excited to see what marvel has in store for phase four for this universe and its next big colossal event its crossover event i should say because you know, there there has to be a reason for the Avengers to avenge together, you know, taking all of these solo characters from their solo movies and platforms and throwing them on one gigantic team. Uh, we call them, I mean, I, I just call them the big bads, you know, you have your Thanoses. So who's the next Thanos remains to be seen. That is Does, what it? Does it remain to be seen? Ah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We're getting there. <laughs> But for the present, yes. Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that it remains to be seen. But you you brought up a good point. And I I just put together in my head that um, the multiverse now makes the next Thor movie make sense. Yes. Because having the multiverse open now now gives Marvel Marvel, Marvel, the, (laughs) the opportunity to basically reimagine all of these characters as different people right all the different variants of Mm -hmm. the character that you could ever imagine or that have ever been imagined already within marvel canon can be introduced you know um i mean i guess i don't know how much anybody out there knows about the next storm movie but that character is 
already a Marvel property, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what characters they bring up from the Marvel multiverse, um, you know, like from the source material. And I'm excited for what new new variants that we might see. Alligator Loki, by the way, is king. Alligator Loki uh, is superior Loki. Superior Loki. Um, I thought I, I laughed so I don't know why that was so charming to me, but it, it really was. Because if you think about like what, because I often see Loki's personality compared to a cat, but I feel like people just do that whenever someone is even a little bit sarcastic or mischievous or or anything. And okay, there's a definite feline aspect to Loki. Cool, but as soon as I saw Alligator Loki, I was like, yes. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Well, that was everyone the... glommed on. Like that was that was the pork. That was the child. That was baby Groot. Like yes. we are like no, Gator Loki, Superior Loki, <laughs> Superior Loki. Protect yes. him at all costs. I'd wear a t-shirt with alligator Loki at it. Oh my! Gosh. I'm not. I'm not too proud. I wonder. I'm sure they're gonna have it. If they don't have it, they will have it because I feel like sometimes they know what's going to be really popular with the fans, and sometimes they don't. But once they know that we're all friggin' obsessed with Gator Loki, there's gonna be Gator Loki merch. Oh yeah, I mean they know how to butter their bread. They do. They do. And I'm never let it be said that Marvel doesn't know how to make money. (laughs) I'm not always mad about it. I mean, like, right. I do get it's a business. Like, they need, like, mm-hmm. businesses are there to make money. Um, and they might have another purpose of, you know, entertaining people and mostly entertaining people. I don't, I feel like sometimes they are dedicated to telling a really good, interesting story. And sometimes they're there to make money. But either way, they're making money. They do. Yeah. And this story was interesting. I haven't, dis- I wouldn't quite land on good yet. I'm still hovering in the air, but still marinating. I will say this. Yeah. Very much still marinating, but it, it kept me wondering. That's for sure. Yeah. And it's not always sure it was uh, for good reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was engaged uh, with it. I was, I, did you ever watch Legion? Did we talk about this? Legion uh, from, uh, yeah. is that part of the Divergent series? No, Legion oh. is a Marvel show, but it's, it's. Oh, it's okay. Well, then, no, I did not. No. Oh, gosh, girl. Um, Dan Stevens is in it. He plays <gasps> Legion. I love me Dan Stevens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although he's American in it, which is always weird for me, mm. but he gets to be British in like one episode, but that was a show that I watched and I felt like 95% of the time episodes would end and my roommates and I would all just look at each other and be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? We were confused, but compelled. And I feel like, I feel like the Loki show had me more on the compelled with some confusion, but mostly compelled and just being like, what is going on but in a way that I understood Legion is very like avant-garde in a way but I guess now that's also canon within the multiverse within yep anything is possible now that we are here in the multiverse (laughs) anything can happen I am I am Uh, curious to see how they're going to handle it and like I feel like I have very high standards for multiverse fiction at this point in my life and I feel like a not a big part but a, a a significant part of that does come from uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse because that movie was a masterpiece. 
Absolutely. You know, like if that's the benchmark that we're kind of leaping off of, and I know that that wasn't a solely, you know, that wasn't a Marvel entity. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Cause for people who don't really know the whole like rights thing, Sony technically has the rights to Spider-Man. Yes. And that makes Spider-Man's appearances in the MCU confusing and challenging but it also means that Sony is able to produce as many Spider-Man movies as they want that doesn't necessarily take place within the MCU. So like there's the, uh, what do we want to call him? T-Hall? <laughs> <laughs> the Tom Holland Spider-Man yes. movies that are within the MCU as yes. we know it. But Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is Sony. Yes, it's and a Sony property. The Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies are also Sony and... Mm-hmm the uh Andrew Garfield amazing Spider-Man movies are also Sony <laughs> right because once a month once upon a time um you know Marvel sold the rights to that character's cinematic appearances mm-hmm. to make money yeah well they weren't <laughs> doing so hot for a long time no they really were not and um now that they are doing better they have tried multiple times to buy back the rights because Spider-Man is one of their most popular characters, if not the most. I can remember the statistics. Uh, me and my tongue tied today. <laughs> um, I can't remember the statistics at the moment, but um, he's he's up there in terms of popularity, and they've gone through several negotiations. But honestly, um, Sony has no reason to sell because Sony's doing well, and why would they sell and? sell this property that makes them a ton of money (laughs) yeah 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 so but we are lucky we are blessed that sony and marvel have thus far been able to come to some agreement and allow us to have spider-man in the mcu have t hall to have t hall um there was a brief breakup last summer yeah oh yeah yeah where they were like no no more um, and, but they, they worked it out. They, they went to counseling and <laughs> yeah, T hall stepped in and was like, we just got to work together. Yeah. We just got to, you know, keep it in the family guys. We're, 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 we're all in this together. Like we don't need a repeat of civil war. We don't. And the mom and dad were like, you know what? Let's do it for the kids. <laughs> and the kids are money. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, but yes, you were saying before I interrupted you, you were saying that Spider-Verse set a really high benchmark yes. for depiction of the multiverse. Yes, they have Marvel. some really high, they just have some really big shoes to fill. And um, I'm hoping that they succeed. I hope so but, too, because yeah. otherwise this phase is going to be awful to watch because it seems like every single upcoming property in phase four is going to be touching on the multiverse in some fashion. Oh yeah. I'm a little bit, that, that's what makes, makes me nervous because as we've discussed before when discussing Marvel properties, um, their character story, like their, their character storytelling is not always the strongest. Yeah. And they're now good at the big, the big spectacle moments. Yeah. They're good at big spectacle moments. They're good at sort of, they're good at keeping I mean, this entity aside, but it's kind of a special case since Loki is a special case, but um, they're good at 
setting a theme, setting a, you know, setting a getting from A to B and then getting you there with a lot of flash and bang. And now we're introducing the idea that characters can be any, you know, like a character goes out the window, like, you know, uh, who is Loki? You know, (laughs) we got alligator Loki running around. Now we've got Sylvie running around and then all this other stuff. And so it's just, it has such potential to be chaos really yeah i mean i even think of the scene in what episode four or five Mm -hmm. uh when when loki is is with the other lokis in the place at the end of time Mm -hmm. not beyond the end of time but at the end of time and there is one of the Lokis betrays the other Lokis to bring in President Loki and his army of Lokis. Mm-hmm. And then they all, like, like there's a whole like five, 10 minute sequence of the Lokis all just like betraying each other. And, yeah. and our, our, our Loki, I'm just going to call him our Loki because it's the one that we're following. Yeah. Um, he is just like, so done. <laughs> it's like, oh, is this what it's like for everyone to deal with me all the time? I am exhausting. <laughs> right. This is exhausting. No, exactly. And I, I love that moment. But I mean, speaking of our Loki, I, you know, to kind of loop it back into my, you know, my point, when you establish the fact that characters can bend any which way, and we're not going to have a bunch of fun bending those characters any which way. The danger of that is that you still have to tell a, a cohesive story with one character mm-hmm. but you also have to do that within the context of all of the twists and turns that you're you know introducing and I honestly think that they've already kind of made a bit of a misstep because our Loki very much felt like our Loki to me like yeah there was some surface level work done to just sort of keep in mind the fact that this isn't the Loki who has gone through you know, 10 plus years, you know, Ragnarok and like, you know, um, everything that, you know, he he died multiple times and, you know, everything that he went through in order to get him to that moment where he's picking up a knife and rather stupidly trying to kill, you know, the Mad Titan with it and not using any of his powers, but okay. Another, that's another. (laughs) I mean, he used his power to conceal the knife. Hmm. But for, yeah, I don't know, the trickster know. guy seemed a little, it seemed a little But that requires the Russo brothers to plan to do something with Loki and yeah. kind of like him as a character. But they had, you know, 50 different characters to deal with. So they're like, yeah, this one's exactly. guy again. Right. So they, you know, it, it, it very much felt like a, a quick write-off for me, which it, it, it was. So it was anyway. Because Hedwig. Hedwig. <laughs> oh, like it was Hedwig. It was the it Hedwig really moment. Was. It really was. I still haven't forgiven JK for killing Hedwig like that. Like, what was the point? Um, That's the point. And Dobby, like, don't get me started on oh, poor Dobby. Um, but anyway, anyway. <laughs> my, my Harry Potter tears aside, um, <laughs> it very much felt like we were heavily relying on the audience's familiarity with Loki and his pains and his progress in order to tell the emotional journey of this Loki. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't fully make sense when you consider that this is supposed to be the same brat, really, who got his butt kicked back in 2012 at the end of Avengers and hadn't been through all of that, 
you know, all of that experience and processing and life journey that we got in between 2012 and Endgame or Infinity War is when he uh, yeah. unfortunately passed. Lights the dust. And yeah, <laughs> and Infinity War. It didn't fully make a lot of sense to me why this Loki was proving to be so open and emotionally vulnerable when he wasn't at that state yet in 2012, the first time around. It, it didn't fully connect for me. It felt like we were just kind of kind of wing it, you know, like, oh, whatever. Like well, the audience will buy it because this is what they want to see. They want to see him at this point and not necessarily back to that point. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing that feels like what the first episode was really trying to accomplish by having the the therapy session with Mobius and, and going through his whole future that hadn't happened yet of him getting to at least witness all of the consequences of what he does and the things that he could have had and could have not had so that we can pretend that he's at this place emotionally and is like really ready to be farther along in this journey than he necessarily was in that moment Mm -hmm. because like he does like really break down in that first episode but I will agree that it felt fast it was like, okay, let's condense, you know, eight years of therapy <laughs> into one day. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's a good way to put it. Like it just, it's a little bit like, oh, okay. We needed the character to be at a different point. So, we're you know, let's get them there. <laughs> we're just going to get them there. All right. Now that we're there. Yeah. Here's. I mean, I did like when he well. got put in like time jail and with the, the moment with um, the, the woman from Asgard who he cut her hair. What are, what did you say? Um, the woman from Asgard. I'm totally blanking on her name. When he's in jail? When he's in time jail and has to keep like repeating. Oh, oh, okay. Siv. <laughs> yes. There was at least like that moment where, where he did have to like keep going through this scenario over and over and over and over again until he like really understood the weight of his actions and mm-hmm. felt true remorse for what he had done. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, I will be fair that like they do, it, it's clear that they thought about it. Mm-hmm. They thought, okay, this is a different version of the character. He's a younger version. He hasn't been through all the things that he's been through, you know, in the canon previously. So we have to get him to a point where we can then hand the audience the, the um, redemption that they're looking for, for this character even so it still it still felt fast to me <laughs> i'm just it was. like it was yeah. and like it, it did feel like the the whole season was supposed to be kind of it was supposed to be that redemption arc of this version of loki because we do have the moment in what is it the second the end of the second episode um when he has the opportunity to follow sylvie through the time portal and he does like he has that moment where he can choose to do the quote unquote right thing and stay with the TVA or do the quote unquote wrong thing and follow the villain. And he chooses the wrong thing. Right. And that's an important moment when you're talking about redemption arcs that like you need to see that progression of them being tested over and over with making mm-hmm. the right choice and the wrong choice. And eventually mm-hmm. they start making, they have to start actively choosing the right choice. And that's where we get right. that final test in this final episode where the right choice is to not kill he who remains and not yes. open the multiverse. 
And he has, he has made that journey and he has gotten to the point where he is ready to make the right choice, but Sylvie has not gone on that journey and she can't make that choice yet. Right. And we all screamed at our televisions and said, no, don't do it. And she did. (laughs) I mean, no, don't do it. But like, if you pay any attention to Marvel, you know that like she was going to have to kill him because the multiverse is coming. We all like multiverses in like so many different titles. Right. It's been established. Like it was coming. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. It was just a matter of it was inevitable. (laughs) (laughs) Or was it Iron Man? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, No, and I agree with you on on that. And like that element of the story was pleasing and engaging to watch. And like I don't have any qualms with it. It's it's the premise Mm. that he could even get the work that they did to get him to that point where he was ready to start going on that redemption path is still suspect to me because we've said with our previous body of work that, because it's not like Loki just kind of sat around and didn't do much in the last, you know, 10 years of Marvel at, you know, properties, he's been through the ringer and he continually makes the wrong choice over and over and over again. And we said that's who Loki is. And it wasn't until, I mean, it took basically like, it took Ragnarok, the, you know, the genocide of his entire people, the death of his mother and and countless other horrific tragedies to get that Loki to a point where he was ready to make a right choice and ultimately die for it. And with this Loki, we said a few therapy sessions and having to like relive um teasing you know a, a, a woman who's kind of like a sister to him and seeing how he hurt her was enough and it just doesn't ping it you know what I mean like when yeah. you compare the two side by side you're like what yeah and I mean I don't disagree but I do feel like there is a little bit of like when we see the Loki in the previous Marvel canon go through these these things of like betraying his mother and leading to her death and and Ragnarok and, and all those things he does all of those things still believing that he's going to win mm-hmm. whereas this Loki has now seen that he never gets to win he never will and his death will be ultimately meaningless and I think like I, I mean I, there are a lot of seeds in that first episode of him mm-hmm. talking about how like he doesn't actually enjoy inflicting this pain. It's just mm-hmm. his way of grabbing onto power in the only way that he really knows how, which mm-hmm. honestly comes down to bad parenting. Thanks, Odin. Mm-hmm. Thanks, um, Odin. Like there are choices in there, but also like, thanks, Odin. Didn't have to be the stick. And like, if you read the Loki book, I feel like this really hammers this point in that like, there he has always wanted to be good. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't want to cause suffering. Right. He likes causing mischief sometimes and, like, having fun, but but it's not a malicious thing. So I can see how, like, getting to see the consequences of his actions over time and knowing that ultimately it leads to nothing good for him mm-hmm. might put him, might, might kind of jumpstart him on that path to being like, okay, well, I don't like doing this and it's not actually going to get me anywhere anyway. So do I need to change? Right. I mean, that's fair. Um, you know, that is a fair, that is a fair way to look at it. And I mean, you're right. Like we don't ever 
<laughs> in reality, get the opportunity to see um, foresight. Mm-hmm. How will my choices pan out? Will I win? Will it matter at the end of the day? And he does have that benefit with the TVA. And I will say, um, and this is something that I, on the plus side for their storytelling, this time around, he has Mobius, which is really interesting because Mobius is not just, you know, we joke about him being a therapist, you know, yeah, through a few therapy sessions, but there's a real power in having someone there who's willing to listen to you and willing to to challenge you and willing to challenge you, but not in a judgmental way, Mm -hmm. you know, in a sympathetic way. Like I'm not excusing the things that you've done. I'm not going to prop any of that up, but I will hear you. And I will try to understand you through those experiences. And I won't cast judgment. Like there is something hugely powerful in that. And it's something that everybody needs and that we don't always get. And if I look back to, you know, again, just using an arbitrary number, but the last eight to 10 years of Marvel with Loki in it, I can't say that he's ever really had somebody like that. Like, obviously he has people who love him. Like that's his blind spot, right? Is that he feels unloved and he's unable to accept the fact that imperfect as they are, Odin and the rest did love him and do love him, but they don't necessarily listen to him and they definitely judge him. Um, so there is yeah, that. They have, they, they always have very preconceived notions mm-hmm. of who he is. Yeah. And it's often not giving him the benefit of the doubt. Often. And I mean, you can be sympathetic to, to, to them as well. There's good yeah. reason why they don't always give him the benefit of the doubt. But, but I can see how that leads into a cycle of like, they don't mm-hmm. trust me. So I'm going to do things that are untrustworthy, mm-hmm. which then makes them not trust me. <laughs> right. Like it just. If they'll never trust me, then what's the point of trying to earn their trust? I might exactly. as well do what I want. And it's a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, no, that's the, that's, that's the truth of dealing with human beings is that while it's true that someone who breaks your trust doesn't necessarily deserve that trust, but inevitably um, at some point you're going, if you want them to have a redemption, then you have to be willing to extend a little bit of faith. I mean, you don't owe anybody a redemption arc, but I mean, that is the, that is the unfortunate reality of it. Like if that is something you decide that you want for them, and I say this to Thor, <laughs> if that's something that you genuinely want for that person, then you have to be willing to extend faith. And that's something that I don't think Thor as a character ever really got to a point where he was able to do. Yeah, I don't think he did. Maybe, I think the biggest moment of trust we actually see between the two of them is at the end of Ragnarok when he basically trusts Loki to go cause mm. chaos. And yeah. cause Ragnarok. <laughs> that's the best. That's the best that he could get. Yeah. Which is, I trust you to do the thing. I trust you to be the person that I think you are. Yeah. But not trusting you to be someone else or someone else. Not better. trusting you to be the person that I've always wanted you to be. Yeah. It's where he tripped up. Which doesn't leave room for him, for Loki to be who he actually is. Because he's just stuck in people's perceptions Mm. and living up to those perceptions or trying to fight those perceptions. Yeah, for sure. Because there is also like an element of of him breaking that trust 
that is him protecting himself from pain. Oh, 100%. I mean, that's what we do as human, as human beings. You know, we, we put armor around ourselves in our hearts and we, you know, oftentimes we will self-sabotage and do whatever it takes in order to avoid the greater pain of at first being vulnerable and then being cut, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, there was something that, like you said in the first episode, that there is only one person that you can trust. And Mobius says yourself. And it's, it's a, a statement that Loki agrees with, that the only person he can trust is himself. And I feel like over the course of the season, he did start learning to trust other people. Like he definitely trusted Mobius. 100%. He ends the season by running to Mobius, much like the scared little boy that Mobius has called him. Mm-hmm. You know, in the past, there was a definite display of trust of like, oh shit, like it's all hit the fan. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. And he turns to Mobius and that's huge mm-hmm. for Loki's character development. And he turns to Mobius multiple times because even when mm-hmm. he's stuck in time jail, he he ends up convincing Mobius to come to his side and and they trust each other and have their their little Lord of the Rings moment. Um, <laughs> Love a Lord of the Rings moment. <laughs> which I'm pretty sure I also texted you about. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just texting you a lot while watching this show. <laughs> we um, love it though. <laughs> we do. <laughs> of Because Mobius has some line in that moment of like, I can't believe I'm, I'm like trusting two Lokis. Yeah. And he's like, how about a friend? I was just like, yeah. am I watching Lord of the Rings? We love it though. I mean, there's a reason that moment resonates. You know, we love a good enemies to friends, um, people overcoming their differences. Or depending on your canon, enemies to lovers. <laughs> depending on your canon in which uh, circles of Tumblr you're, <laughs> you're mm-hmm. you know, skating. I mean, the multiverse sure. is open, so everything is possible. Everything is possible. Have All your fun. fanfic is canon now. <laughs> I actually, you know, like... I mean, people can ship whoever they want to at it. It doesn't mm-hmm. bother me. But um, I actually really like them as like, fr- like Fine. Mobius is such a mentor. Yeah. I was thinking of like a word that wasn't like brothers because it, it, it doesn't feel quite brotherly to me. It's a little, almost, maybe it's the gray in Owen Wilson's like look for this mm-hmm. role. Because I know that they're actually like of an age, you know, they're not that far apart in age, but like there's something so uh, maybe paternal, something so fatherly about the way that Mobius guides him and helps him sort himself out. Or at least a, like a beloved uncle, you know what I mean? I was mean? just going to say, it's like, a, it's like <laughs> the, the uncle that you, you get along with really well and kind of like guides you through life. Yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't getting like shipping vibes out of, like, it wasn't doing that for me, but if yeah. it did it, for you, then have at it. <laughs> it, it. It didn't really give me those vibes either, but like, I can see the threads that, that people can, can latch onto. Like I can right. see where, where it comes from and yeah. Yeah. Like no, no judgment, ship whatever you want to ship, but right. like, there's no harm in it. Yeah. Um, I, but, I said that more for the listeners. <laughs> yes, yes. I am also saying that for our listeners. Like, you do you, boo. Yeah. Um, but I guess one of the other people that our Loki does end up trusting is Sylvie, who mm. I feel like Loki ends up in his own trap in a way where he is viewing Sylvie as who he wants her to be, which mm. is 
uh, farther along the character development journey than she is. Like she, he, he views her as another version of himself, but like also makes the assumption that they will agree. Make the same choice. Yeah, and make the same choice. And, and she isn't him. She's had an unknowable amount of time, but we're given the idea that it's potentially thousands of years, you know, of loneliness, of isolation, of living within the apocalypses, the decimations of other societies with one goal, with one purpose. And he has decided to give up his glorious purpose. And he expects her to also be at that point ready to make that decision. And she's most definitely not. Yeah. Well, he has, he has found a new purpose. <laughs> yes. Which is that he Which just is, wants Sylvie to be okay. Yes. And he wants, he wants to, to do good. He wants to do good and he wants to love himself. And this is where we get into, you know, that the Marvel writers were just snickering in a room somewhere, but you know, the most convoluted self-love analogy ever to hit the big screen, but here it is. Or a small or a screen. small screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> they still feel so much like movies to me. Um, but yes. Uh, he wants to love himself and he wants to do good. And, you know, hurrah for that. But I don't suggest that you go out there and literally fall in love with yourself. Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fall in love with yourself in like the metaphorical sense and that like you, you don't need someone else to validate your existence and you just- You like, validate your own. You validate your own yeah. existence and like, you know, that whole thing. But Oh yeah, no, it's all there. But yeah, like- um. This might, I think Loki took it to the extreme, I think. Yes. A little bit. Or he always takes it to the extreme. So it's fitting. Yeah. Like, I understand why they were probably high as a kite (laughs) laughing about this and being like, let's do it. You know, do it. I understand how they got there. It's just a little bit like, really? I wish mom would have come in and said, all right, guys. (laughs) Yeah. You know. For like a quick spoiler alert, I feel like this, the kiss that happens at the end of this episode felt, um, I feel like I had a very similar reaction to a kiss that was at, at the end of a certain Star Wars movie. Was just yes. like, I really, like, I, I see it coming from a mile away, but that doesn't mean I have to be terribly happy about it. I'm like, I get why you're doing it, but also don't. But also don't. Yeah. And I kind of felt similarly because like, there's this, I mean, unfortunately for me, there's this pull between the fact that I like Sylvie as a character. Mm-hmm. I like her as a character with Loki um, as a character. But I don't need her to be that, like, interest. Right. Like the joke got, it, it just felt like somebody took what started out as a joke and then got convinced that it made a really, really good, interesting metaphor that like oh this is really gonna you know blow their minds and I was like stop <laughs> I mean I'll say it is again it the I really epitome wish. of self-love or is it the epitome of narcissism right you know I'm just like ooh, like you it just kind of misses the mark for me yeah. it, it's weird <laughs> it's it takes all of the good things about the message and distracts from it because we're all sitting there and like, okay, I mean, yeah, 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 self-love, yeah, 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 but also weird, you know? But also you're <laughs> kissing yourself. <laughs> right, you know? And if it's a distraction from the message that you're trying to tell, then at the end of the day, I think it's a mistake. And um, that's just kind of where I rest on that. 
but I get like, but like again to the fans, if you ship it, enjoy. Right. Do you, Pikachu? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, okay. So oh gosh, we still have so many things. Um, okay. So going back to some of the things that we had predicted or talked about with when Loki first arrives at the TVA and he has to go through his like orientation process. Mm-hmm. Um, we had talked about him having to sign off on all the things he's ever said. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to figure out if it was just a bit or if it was going to be hiding something. And I feel like it turned out to just be a bit. Yeah, like, The bit did kind of come back because then in this episode, he who remains wound up like giving them sheets of what they were just said and what they were about to say yeah it was a returning bit but at the end of the day a bit and a bit um and yes a a bit clumsily executed in the dialogue (laughs) yeah and i i feel like i kind of wish that it had come back to be hiding something and who knows with season two if it might become relevant i'd feel like it won't but yeah at this point yeah We'll see. Uh, and then there was the the robot test, which we've kind of talked about with the timekeepers that we thought it was likely a bit, but it also had the opportunity to come back and have some kind of importance. I don't think the actual robot test was important again, but right. I feel like it was kind of setting, it was sowing the seed, planting the seed in your mind that robots might be involved. Yes. hundred percent. Because otherwise. Why? Yeah. I mean, it is also like one of those things that I can see them talking about in the writer's room because, you know, anytime you like sign into your email or like sign into anything, you have to, you have to do the robot test, like uh-huh. prove, prove to us that you are not a robot. It's the whole John Mulaney bit, yeah. um, except this is an actual machine that determines if you're a robot. <laughs> and I believe they'd also talked about the temporal auras. I didn't write it down, but I was wondering if that was going to be important just because it got mentioned twice in that first episode. And I mean, it wasn't like important for like the end episode, but it is kind of what allowed Loki to figure out that Sylvie was hiding in apocalypses. Right. And it's also one of those things that is, it's important lingo. It's important multiversal lingo, period. Mm -hmm which has now been introduced and can be greater expounded upon in further entities. And probably will be Mm -hmm. (laughs) at this point. Then I guess one of the last things that we had actually had some kind of discussion on slash prediction on was the infinity stones that he had found in that drawer. Mm -hmm. And we both thought that it was likely that he had taken some and we have Mm -hmm. no idea how many, but it seems like he did not take any infinity stones yeah no it's it seems in keeping with our discussion when we you know talked about the pilot not being sure if the emotions that loki was showing us were genuine or part of a long con especially since you know he was being rather vulnerable you know rather quickly but according and from where we're, we're standing right now it does appear that the emotional journey that we have witnessed is meant to be authentic. Like these are things that he really does feel and did uh, and did struggle with. And we were allowed to see them for, you know, for the reason of <laughs> going with him on that journey. So 
he didn't take any stones because he was genuinely affected by learning that none of it matters. Like this, this, the greatest power that you could imagine is a paperweight, you know? Um, <laughs> the greatest power man, you can I imagine mean, that has cost so many people their lives. Mm-hmm. It's a paperweight. It's a paperweight. And it rocked his world. And, um, you know, so yeah, there was a lot of things that they did to kind of like rush him into a, and he can't be where he was before. He does have the knowledge of foresight. So what is he going to do with that knowledge? And who does he, who is revealed after he has that knowledge? And the answer is a very soft man who just wants to find his place and his, and his person. And he thinks he, and his purpose. And he thinks he finds it in Sylvie. And um, unfortunately he is betrayed um, in the end, but. Like a true Loki. Right. We hold out hope though, mm-hmm. or at least we did when he went running up to Mobius. But as we, we saw in the ending there, everything is not as it seems because Mobius does not recognize him and the TVA looks different. There is yes. no longer uh, the statue in the, I don't know, I'm not going to pretend the hall of records <laughs> um, <laughs> has been, <laughs> I'm, I don't know what that room is called. We're going to call it the hall of records. Um <laughs> has been replaced with a statue of he who remains. And so he is, the evidence does suggest that he's not in the timeline that he left. He's in a timeline that Mobius does not know who he is. So season two is like open for, open for hijinks and new Free game. Free game. 100%. Do you want to talk about uh, he who remains? We can yes. do a little like spoiler. So before we get into this section of talking, we are going to discuss some casting knowledge and comic book knowledge that is available to the public about He Who Remains and potential other characters. But if you do not want to know that, tune out for the moment. <laughs> yes, do. But okay. So if you're involved in the Marvel universe or have, you know, had your, you know, head in that pool, then you probably saw or at least suspected that this may be coming. But he who remains, <laughs> there goes is by many names, who goes by many names and has been called many things, including Conqueror, mm. which is a major hint that he is, in fact, um, King the Conqueror, which is a huge Marvel villain, sometimes hero, but typically an adversary of the Avengers, but one of the most powerful um, adversaries that they ever go up against. And uh, so definitely in definitely a great candidate for the next big bad. Um, the new Thanos. The new Thanos. And because Kang, um, again, Loki established that we are doing things are doing things a new way and we can only rely on the source material so much. But what we do know from the source material is that Kang has the ability to universe hop, time travel, bend space time. I mean, he he has the ability to do it all. So he's a perfect candidate for the multiverse of madness, really. (laughs) And there's more than just that one line to kind of, you know, let us know that this is indeed Kang. The narrative was definitely leading us to that moment because I actually got inklings about it earlier on in the season uh, in, in episode one, (laughs) 
We all wow. know how bad I am. <laughs> we all know how bad I am with names. But when we were recording the podcast and I was like the judge and you said Renslayer, I was like Renslayer. And, you know, but like I kept it to myself largely because I was like, well, I don't know how much that's maybe it's just a nod and also spoilers. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Ravona Renslayer uh, is actually the love interest of Kang in the comics. Ooh. And so I was just like, hmm. Hmm. So that was the first nod. Well, and the and last then, thing that we saw of Renslayer in this episode was that she had gotten some information that I'm just going to call him Kang now had sent to Renslayer. And mm-hmm. she like immediately, like really immediately just like starts packing up a bag and is like, uh, I got new purpose. Yeah. So when Mobius comes to find her, she's just like, um, pass. I, mm-hmm. I like the person who's in charge is like what matters. So peace. And that's when she- yeah. She exits, but to find free will. Yeah. But we don't know where or when she's going. She has gone to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We don't know what that information was, but it's something that he who remains wanted her to have. And as Miss Minute said, um, he thought it would be more helpful than the information she requested. Mm -hmm. So, and that's also like, you know, going back to your question of, do you think he wanted this outcome? Like I do. I, I think that he has been threading things that we're going to find you know as we now go into spider-man and 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 dr strange and um he definitely wanted to unleash this chaos but to what purpose we'll have to we'll have to see yeah and actually for marvel fans who've been paying attention the multiverse was not so subtly hinted at at the end of the last spider-man movie oh yes uh with what's his name um q quinton Quinton something. Um, I'm blanking on his last name. See, this is again me in, in names. <laughs> I was thinking it was JJ something, but maybe I'm, that's the actor. I don't know. I'm blanking. No, no. Uh, uh, what's his face? You know, Brokeback Mountain, uh, Nightcrawler, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh. The actor. Oh, that's not what I was talking. I was talking about the, well, I guess, yeah, with, with, his, with Mysterio giving yeah. the tape to Mysterio. There we go. To the guy from from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man series. Oh, uh, JJ Jonas. Thank you. I was like, I know that there's a JJ in there. Um, (laughs) See, I'm clearly not great with names either. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like his his appearance definitely tells us that like, okay, how is this JJ guy from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man series now appearing with T. Hall? (laughs) Yeah, there was a definite um, hint there that like, okay, now we're going to be dipping into universes sort of brushing each other and having, um, you know, some overlap. Sometimes Loki looks exactly the same. Sometimes he's an alligator. Sometimes he's a woman, you know. Um, Sometimes sometimes he's General Pride. Right. Sometimes. Not General Pride. Admiral, Vice Admiral, whatever. Pride. Right. (laughs) I'll just make um, a lot of Star Wars references. I'm sorry to anyone who's a Marvel fan, but not a Star Wars fan, because I will talk about Star Wars <laughs> a lot. Right. No, I mean, I'm sure they don't mind, because I'm like, nerd culture tends to have a lot of like overlap. Yeah. <laughs> but the other hints that we had going into the, you know, the final episode that we were going to in- potentially encounter a king of some sort was the TVA itself. In, well, King has many like different 
iterate many different variants of himself because he tends to ignore the the, the, the rules of time travel and interact with he his doesn't past. have to, it, it's like congress they don't have to follow the laws they just make them right right they don't follow the rules and so he has directly like he has like gone back in time or into different universes and like changed his own past and so there's like different versions of him running around doing different things um one of them is um iron lad who is a young avenger and so with the new young avengers entity coming up i don't know if we're going to see anything of that be coming up we presume because they we keep presume. introducing characters from young avengers <laughs> right we i, I thought there was I a, i thought that was on the slate but i, I can't think it's been sure. confirmed yet but everyone like everyone is just like it's kind of like thunderbolts like thunderbolts yeah yeah we're just assuming that both of them are coming because they keep setting up the characters right phase five y'all but anyway, <laughs> but anyway um so and one of his variants um i think his name was Amorticus. Mm. again uh pardon me if i'm butchering the name but Amorticus got tired of conquering and and you know he got tired of watching all of his loved ones die <laughs> and all the fair. fair right and he was approached by the timekeepers who are very much a real body in the, you know, in the, in the source material. And he becomes an agent for them. And um, he's like the Lord of Limbo and he's doing the work of keeping timelines together. So as soon as we got to the TVA, oh, and he who reigns is also a character in Marvel, but he's a separate entity from Kang. And um. Great. So as soon as we got to the TVA and heard about the Eternal City at the end of time, I was like, oh, okay. So there's a very real possibility that we're going to meet Kang. And I wasn't expecting him to be he who remains. So, but my theory at this moment is, is that they've done a sort of blend where the TVA is something that um, Kang created. And he gave himself, or, or Miss Minutes did, you know, they've kind of blended the title of he who remains with his character. And the TVA is now, um, the timekeepers aren't real. They're a creation of his, but, you know, it's sort of a, a mixed bag of treats, as you said. That makes sense. And I will say, I, I said it like right before we started recording, that I really enjoyed He Who Remains. Mm-hmm. Like, he was such a fun character to watch in this episode so i'm i'm excited to see how he will be incorporated into the future properties because he was just like it was really fun to watch in a similar way to how loki is but i feel like almost more unhinged Mm -hmm. and not necessarily it doesn't i mean at least this version of him doesn't feel malicious it feels playful I mm. assume that we might see other variants of him yeah. that are malicious and less playful. Or maybe they will be malicious and still playful. I don't know. Yeah, I'm very interested to see what they go with. And my instinct right now is that they've decided, if I'm right, and it is Kang, which I'm pretty sure I'm right. <laughs> like, <laughs> pretty sure if right, I'm right. I'm pretty sure you and the uh, rest of the internet is probably right. <laughs> right, right. The thing about Kang is that he's he's a borderline sociopath. 
Like, I mean, he's, he's conquered whole realities. He's decimated civilizations. Like you have to have a certain level of uh, apathy for other people for that to happen. But he is capable of love. He is capable of attachment. Um, and he is capable of good. You know, we've seen, vari- we've seen variants of him being good and a hero within the Marvel canon. Um, so my gut is, is that this man... To do this, though, because he did have a he did have a handle on the problem, as one would say. And if he's telling the truth in the fact that he paved the way for Loki and Sylvie to come here and undo it all, almost because he was bored, it's not that it's 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 not it's not something that King wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. But it tells you something about the version of King that we've just met which is that he's not necessarily a good guy. He's, he still holds himself a God, you know, above mere mortals. And he's willing to play with their lives for his own amusement or his own gratification. Yeah, that's totally fair. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it does tell us that like, he might be bored. He might be tired and maybe, maybe he's ready for chaos. Mm hmm. Maybe this isn't actually, maybe the, maybe the he who remains that we meet at the end of the series isn't actually the he who remains from our timeline. Mm. It's a different one than has been holding the sacred timeline together and is now like, I want you to unleash the multiverse so that my universe can go back to existing. That's incredibly true because they didn't arrive at the Citadel through ordinary means by any by any means Mm -hmm. and when she sends him back he's fully expecting to land back within his own universe and he doesn't so there is the question of when did they cross universes was it in the moment that she sent him through the portal did she select the wrong location or did they somehow cross dimensions when they were facing goliath and didn't realize it possibly possibly i mean there is the i mean the beginning of the episode might even suggest that Mm-hmm. because there is that kind of like zoom out from the earth as we know it mm-hmm. into our like universe and then we go into a different universe and that is where we find Loki and Sylvie mm. yeah so they might already be in a different universe without realizing it yeah because I can't see Sylvie like her character is not as far developed as our Loki but I can't see her choosing to strand him in in an alternate universe by choice to me that felt like an accident yeah no it definitely felt like she thought she was sending him just back to the tva yeah that they know yeah but that did not happen Mm -mm. Hmm. also i just want to take two 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 things i want to take a moment to talk about that opening and how mm-hmm. we did not get the Marvel theme song, which I was so excited to get because now I have like a little dance that I do every <laughs> time we get it. Um, instead, we got dialogue over. Mm-hmm. It's been a long, long time. The song at the end of Endgame. Yeah. So there was dialogue from a bunch of the previous Marvel movies and shows and even mm-hmm. Loki. There was also real life dialogue from famous people. Yeah. Like snippets, of, like audio snippets. Yeah, audio snippets. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was so interesting. Uh-huh. Like, and you know, I did mark it. I was like, ooh, aesthetics or something more. <laughs> so. It feels like it has a purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't feel like something they would, like, I, I feel like they don't mess 
with that opening credits the the music over that unintentionally because I think the yeah. only times I've ever really seen it be different was what I think was it Captain Marvel that they did the Stanley tribute yeah yeah and, and even that has a purpose right and that had so, a purpose and then yeah. an infinity war where it opened with the distress signal mm-hmm. which very much had a purpose right so with that in mind because like it'd be one thing if they had done that from the beginning you know you could chalk that up to aesthetics mm-hmm. but yeah no i agree with you that it's going to have some some meaning that well, felt like probably... we were leaving the world that we know yeah i mean i'm 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 now leaning towards they crossed into a different dimension when Elioth opened up the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the city um, and they just didn't realize it. I'm leaning towards that, but we'll see. Like it's any would also game. make his line of, I clear, I've, I paved the path for you or I cleared the path for you because if yeah. they intentionally made it so that when they got past Elioth, that it went to him instead mm-hmm. of, to their he who remains right that would be really interesting really really interesting Mm. now i'm very curious these are like i see i love having this discussion because if we hadn't been talking about this i don't know that i would have even put that together that like i know the visual of that (laughs) beginning was actually them potentially leaving their own universe yeah and i mean i'm glad we did too because like i didn't even really clock that largely because I was like making a sandwich at the time but like (laughs) (laughs) I was still on the dialogue when that was happening (laughs) you know I was just like oh yeah okay we're in the citadel I was like damn it we we didn't get the theme music this time right um Um, I remember looking up because I was like well what's that you know because like I registered that it was different and I was like Mm -hmm. okay that's interesting and then, you know, I went back to making my food and in order to be done before it started. And yeah, no, like it is so interesting to think about because I remember being blown away when he was at the end and you realize he's in a different universe. I was just like, well, you know, like, where's this going to go? And how is he kind of, how is he going to get back? Because that's one of the things that like, I mean, Loki has the ability to do a lot of different things, but not in the TVA, yeah, right? Not at the TVA. And even this particular iteration of Loki, we've never seen him use that kind of power before. Mm-hmm. So there, and this is not even, you know, 20, what was it? 2020 Loki, 2015? Well, it's 2012 Loki. Right. I was trying to think about what, eight, what year they were in when he died. Uh, 2018. <laughs> yeah. Cause, oh yeah. Cause that was another thing I clocked. When B-15 leads the other agents to mm-hmm. seeing Renslayer at her school, mm-hmm. it was 2018, Ooh. which is when the snap happened or the right. blip, whatever people want to yeah. call it. Mm, I mean, curiouser and curiouser. So we know as we go into season two, we know that um, our Mobius and our TVA is on the move. They're, they're knowledgeable. And they are presumably going to be working to do what they can to, to write the situation. I don't know what they think they can do at this point, but they will be one end working. And then Loki will be in this universe, whatever universe that is. And I get a feeling it's going to be the same universe that the Kang that we're going to meet in. Is it Doctor Strange that's first or Spider-Man? Spider-Man. Do you remember? Spider-Man's yeah. in December. and. Doctor Strange is after that. <laughs> right. I get a feeling that we have 
possibly unleashed the Kang from that universe. Mm. Um, the one that Loki's currently residing in. Um, and that Loki series two will kind of work as a companion bridge between those. Uh, I don't know. It could work as a companion bridge between the um, two solo films that we have on the docket and then the first Avengers movie or for this phase, or it could be like a follow-up following that Avengers movie. I don't know. So yeah, many well, exciting options. Four movies really that it could be yeah. involved in because there's Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and then you have um, Thor for- That's Ant- true. And Ant-Man. And all of them are true. going to be dealing with multiverse stuff. Right. Oh, and and Kang um, is confirmed. Uh, Kang is going to be an Ant-Man, I believe. I don't know. I'll have to check, but yeah. Yeah. Quantum mania. So anyway, we're in for a long ride, people. <laughs> that we are. And if you you're not prepared, have you like we we've already like 20 some movies, several shows in and we've got the what if series coming up, which I'm That's true. really excited about. I'm so excited about Captain Carter. <laughs> Me too. Really excited. I guess one final thing that we, I don't, I think we talked about it in the first episode, not even as a prediction, but just something that we wanted that we didn't get, which was getting to see Mobius on a jet ski. We didn't get to see him on a jet ski, but we may yet. We may may yet. yet. I mean, it does seem like he will be around for another season. So there's always the possibility that we might go into his pre-TVA life or just some other reality maybe season two will open with mobius happy on his jet ski we'll see we will and i mean it's uh, signs are looking good i was not expecting to get to see a a peek at uh renslayer's uh you know previous life and we yeah we did so so that i think opens the door for us seeing other people's lives pre-tva yeah i think that it's it's likely that we'll like we'll see a bit of mobius's I, i don't know why they wouldn't but Fingers crossed. We just love him. We, we just do. really want him to ride his jet ski. We do. We do. He we just want him it. to be okay and to ride his jet ski. He's been through a lot, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then maybe Casey can also go find out what a fish is. Right. Casey, who was in like the first episode and like vaguely in the second episode and then was never seen again. Vanishes after his joke has been told. Yes. It's a shame. It's a total shame. It um, now for the final question or final questions, there's always the two. Would you go back and rewatch it? And would you recommend it to other people? I would definitely rewatch it because I watched the whole thing straight through. Not going to tell a lie. (laughs) Um, Watched it every week um, without fail. I would recommend it if you're a Marvel fan. It, I cannot imagine not having having any background with any of the other marvel films and not being completely lost in this one that yeah. is my rec- that is my warning <laughs> but it is an interesting show it's interesting so yeah give it a watch yeah i would also go back and and watch it again i know i rewatched the first episode when we were going to be talking about it just to like so that I could just enjoy it the first time and then actually take notes the second time uh, i agree that if you're going to watch it i would say and if you're going to watch it and you haven't watched the other Marvel properties, at least watch the first Avengers movie and all three Thor movies and you should be set. Like there might be references to other things, but like, I feel like you can get by with just those four. Yeah. Yeah. And and Infinity War, I guess, but 
I feel like you can get by, but like, um, yeah, no, it's the one series where I was, I, it felt so firmly clamped on to Marvel lingo and Marvel, like just, it just felt like if you didn't under, like if you came to this blind, you'd be like, what is this show? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they do try to kind of like establish who Loki is in mm. that first episode and what he's been through, but you get a little bit like, and here's what you missed on right. Loki. Um, yeah. But that's fine. But yeah, yeah, I if you if you like multiverse, if you like time travel, if you like these kinds of sci-fi shenanigans, go for it. If you like Doctor Who, it had a very Doctor Who esque feel to it, or at least yeah. you know, um, ten onward. Yeah. That's a wrap on this episode of What You Missed On. Be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. You can find the show on Twitter at WYMO Podcast. You can find Kim on Twitter at KJOUR and Kate on Instagram at Your Story Unstuck. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode.